Welcome back. This is Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. We started telling our survive story in college and we're moving on to bring you guys more. Through many different topics. <laughs> Yay! Hello, guys. <laughs> I hope everyone's weekend was amazing. Yes. And I hope this upcoming weekend is nice. I know it's been very, very hot outside where I am, at least, and very rainy. Mm-hmm. So. It's supposed to be 100 tomorrow. Yeah. 100 degrees. Good thing I'll be inside all day because I do like the warm weather, but I do not like being in 100 degree weather when I'm sweating. No. Like, sometimes it's nice, like, I'll take my computer outside and work outside for, like, the afternoons, but tomorrow, I feel like that's not an option. Mm -mm. It's, like, immediate sweat once you walk outside. Yep. And that's not fun. Mm -mm. Not at all. I also just want to say, I don't know if any of our listeners could tell, but we were having just a little bit of technical difficulties with our audio last week. And I hope it's better this week. I think we fixed whatever was going on. Yeah, we are not technology girls. So <laughs> we, uh, we said, um, well, hopefully they won't be able to hear it. But <laughs> yeah, I hope um, we do apologize for that. And I hope it didn't, you know, hurt the episode at all for you guys to listen to. I hope it bled your eardrums so badly that you had to go to the <laughs> hearing doctor. Wow, Lexi. <laughs> that was a bit graphic. Anyways, so we have, um, we got our first email. Woohoo! Um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say her name, but I, I'll read the question and then, like, she, um, submitted a bunch of questions. Um, she's from Canada. That's all I'm going to say, but this is so exciting. I'm so happy. But anyway, shout out to all of our Canadian listeners. Yes. Well, are you ready? Yes, we're going to answer the questions. She said, dear Sophie and Lexi, I have been listening to your story about what happened um, to you guys during college, and I just wanted to ask you about your other roommate." Ava and her boyfriend. Ava, and this is her list of questions. Ava never heard anything that was happening to you, question mark. And she never believed you guys. She, yeah, she never really, um, she just kind of thought we were crazy, which was like another red flag in that whole scenario. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly what we said in our first couple episodes when we explained our story, but we were really good friends with her in the beginning. Lexi knew her before I did. Um, Lexi was roommates with her before we moved in. Yeah, in the dorms. I was her uh, suite mate in the dorms, and she was the sweetest person in the dorms, and then she started dating the cheese man, and it kind of just went downhill from there. Yeah, and I don't know if it had anything to do with who she was dating or what, but I know I had a extracurricular activity with her as well, so I did spend a lot of time outside of living together with her, 
and we had a great friendship until the stuff started happening in the house for us. And when we came to her with our concerns, she would just brush it off. And that was our red flag. And I remember when the police questioned us and said, do you have any inkling on who it could be? Any names? We, that's who we said. Ava and the cheese man. Because every those, single time. Those are the only other people that have stayed in the house that claim that they didn't hear anything or, you know, experience anything that happened to them. Which is suspicious, I think. Yeah, something just didn't add up there Mm -hmm. at all. But speaking of that, so her next question is, is it possible that her and her boyfriend did that to you as a cruel joke and just didn't care that you moved out because she never liked you? I think it was more manipulation by the cheese man than anything. And I do think it grew into... I think she started noticing that he was, he was a little creepy towards us, I feel like, towards, like, um, wintertime. Mm-hmm. He just, there were some weird things that just weren't making sense, and he, she did try to move him in at one point, but we told her that he's not allowed at the house without her. We sat down and had a meeting about it. Mm-hmm. Um... Just because of some instances and situations that he would, like, have outbursts and it just scared us, you know. Some other sides of him that we saw just kind of scared us having him in the house. Especially all girls living in the house. And I don't think at the time none of us had boyfriends. No, I think we we were all single. Yeah, so she was the only one with the boyfriend, so. Yeah. It just, yeah. It was kind of scary in the moment. Um, Her last question is, was she the jealous type? Mm, Yes and no. In ways, but she hid it very well. Yeah. I feel like when... We all moved in together. She was really close with you. Were, she was closer with you than anyone mm-hmm. else in the house. Yeah. And then once we got closer, everything just kind of. I she, think, yeah, now that yeah. you say that, I think it was more of like the boyfriend. She kind of did. We were hanging out more because she was. Like, she would go to work. I would hang out with you and Macy instead of her. hmm And then us three became the group. And then... And then in college, too, I feel like you can't really... Your, your friendships change. All relationships ebb and flow everywhere. Like, even me and Lexi's friendship, you know... Some days we were not that close of friends, and some days we were best friends, but, you know, we've been friends for a long time, so. Yeah, it's worked it out really well. I mean, in my opinion, I think we're good friends. Yes, we are. <laughs> but, I mean, like, just back in college, I feel like everyone takes that so seriously as well. 
I mean, I know. you have to make friends you have to make connections um and I would definitely see people getting jealous over certain friends hanging out and somebody being left out yeah because I mean it sucks no one wants to be left out but there's a the other thing that I would like to point out was that when we all did live together we the times that we would invite her to like girls night or wine night she'd be over at the cheese man's and she's like no I'm staying here so I just remember like for a week straight I don't remember seeing her and it would just be us three at the house and that's kind of how we all got really close yeah because it was you two had the basement and it was just me upstairs and I was like I'm lonely up here (laughs) Mm -hmm. so we would either come upstairs and hang out with you or you come downstairs yeah that's kind of how it went I mean to this day we still don't really know but so we can't say for sure but those are some good questions so thank you for those thank you so much um and then she said I am glad you girls are safe now much love from Canada (laughs) that's really sweet thank you so much and we really appreciate yeah you taking the time to write in Yes. And if, you know, you want to write in another email, go right ahead. Anyone else want to write in an email, go right ahead. We'll read it on the podcast. We love getting emails. Yes. Or anything, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Any suggestions? This one right here is actually a suggestion from one of our other listeners from a couple weeks ago. I was at a wedding and um, one of my friends boyfriend's well fiance now um had asked me about this case that happened back in baraboo and i knew exactly what case he was talking about because i had been talking to sophie about this case for a while now oh so we are going to be talking about that case today Mm -hmm. and if you guys don't know this is very very like hard to listen to um, we did kind of debate on doing this case, but there is a survivor in this episode. Yes. So that is one good thing to look for. Um, if you don't really want to listen to a horrific true crime Yeah, I would story, skip this, the rest of the episode if you guys don't want to hear violence, because this is, this one is just, it'll make your jaw drop all the way down to the submarine yeah <laughs> goodness but next week we are doing the survived a ghost so you can tune in next week with us too yeah so we're gonna end on a really graphic note and then we'll bring it back up to <laughs> something goofy yes okay so this case might be close to home depending on where some of our listeners live but this case is known as the bone crusher Yes. So, on the 4th of July in 1994, 14-year-old Chris Steiner went missing from his bedroom in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And if you're from the Midwest area, you know where Baraboo is. It's around the Wisconsin Dells area, which is a very popular vacation spot because it's got a lot of water parks. Yep. So, Baraboo is, like, right outside of that area. 
Very popular. Mm-hmm. So he had a night shift at his new job that morning. I'm going to restart that because that's not what that said. I don't know where night came yeah, from. Yeah, a night shift at the job in the morning. That makes sense. Maybe it's early, <laughs> early night shift, you know, like a 2 a.m. Uh. <laughs> so he had a shift at his new job that morning when his parents went to wake him up at 6 15 a.m and he was nowhere to be found Ooh. oh my goodness so chris's father told the police they obviously called the police right away Because he was the kind of person to not be late, especially for a new job. So his father called the police. And they told the police they checked on his son the night before around 10 p.m. And that he was asleep in his bed. This would be the last time anyone saw Chris alive. An investigation of the property would find a lot of crazy stuff that we're going to go through. They found that the screen to a ground floor bedroom window had been slashed. And this was Chris's older brother's room. However, Chris's older brother went out that night. So he was not home. They also found muddy footprints that were throughout the inside of the house. And they found two... Now I can't talk. Two ground floor patio doors were unlocked. So I also want to add something here. I don't, I believe this is the same case that I'm talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lexi. But when I think there was some, I heard another thing saying that he stayed up watching his baby sister watching he was watching tv and he was like kind of babysitting his little sister and his dad came into the living room and was like I'm going to bed are you good and he was like yeah I'm good I'll put her to bed and his brother like already went out that night for some reason his older brother never came back um until that morning that next morning but something where he was like babysitting his little sister and something happened where he disappeared either maybe he went to bed in his bedroom and then he disappeared from there or in the living room but I think that's interesting about the muddy footprints too found around the house inside because the person was walking around in there yeah I think there was some type of um When I was researching this case, I do think there was something along the lines where he had, he technically wasn't in bed, um, but his dad just went to go check on him in the morning because he realized, like, hey, my son hasn't woken up yet. Like, I haven't heard him get up. Yeah. So I think there was some speculation that he was in the living room and then just put himself to bed. But speaking of that, here... um, We have 14. He can... You know, he knew, yeah, he can stay off. I mean, it's the 4th of July. Yeah. But, um, so rolling on to that 4th of July scenario, too, his parents and the police thought that maybe after he put his sister to bed or, like, what he was just staying up when he was done, he thought that 
they thought that he originally went to sneak out to a party or to go see a girl because it was the Ooh. 4th of July weekend. Yeah. So that's I even, why. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been kind of a... This case you can go down a rabbit hole for. Yeah. Um, but as uh, each hour passed, um, making them longer and turning them into days... Chris still never came back. Um, and the theory where he went to sneak out to a party or to see a girl just slowly started to vanish. And then they had to come up with another police theory. Mm-hmm. And, of course, can you guys guess what other theory they would come up with? Chris was a runaway. Why is it always runaway? Like, it, no... They- Always go to that. They see missing kid around 12 to 16, maybe 17 years old going missing. And they're like, oh, they ran away. That's it. No absolute logical reason. No. If they have a happy, healthy home life, they're not running away. That's just not practical. Um, His parents also were not on board with this theory. They knew their son, and they knew he was excited about his new job, and everything was completely fine at home for him. So they had to insist Chris had no reason to run away for them to stop chasing that kind of theory, because usually they don't look too far into runaway cases anyway, Um, because it's very hard to find a runaway sometimes. And then they try to drive them in a different direction away from that. Um, but going off of the runaway thing, their parents kept saying, his parents kept saying, like, that's not possible. Everything was fine at home. He just got a new job. He was doing great in school. There was no reason why he would want to run away. Yeah. Did you and that's that? the, that's what blows my mind that, like, police go to that theory first almost. They almost, like, because maybe in some cases... They don't want to think, like, the worst of the worst happens. And as a detective and as an investigator, you're not supposed to jump to conclusions or speculate like that. You're supposed to just look at the facts, look at the evidence. What is it pointing to? Um, Don't jump to the complete conclusion. But the fact that all that evidence was a slashed window, muddy footprints, and he still hasn't shown up, I would be definitely putting out, like, missing person flyers immediately especially mm-hmm. if that was my child immediately i'm pretty sure the parents did but yeah hopefully mm-hmm. well um if you guys want to skip ahead i would at this point because this is a trigger warning if you are listening this far and you don't want to hear the graphic nature because we are going to go into it yes. so on the 10th of july So six days later, the police were just doing a routine investigation around Baraboo, around the Wisconsin River, um, and a body was found floating in the Wisconsin River along the shoreline. So they took the, they uh, did everything that they needed to do, called the coroner's office, came and picked him up, and uh, they needed dental records because of how badly um decomposed and bloated this body was i mean it's in the middle of summer you're in july you're in the hottest season hottest summer in wisconsin 
Like sometimes it gets to 100 degrees here, and I'm saying sometimes, but um, yeah. So he had been in the water for people don't really know how many days yet, but um, they were able to identify him through dental records. And they didn't, the police never really came up with like an idea of how he got in the water after that. Um, and they suspected some type of like foul play. And- yeah, they just didn't really know what to do. But the coroner's office ruled his death as a drowning and the manner as undetermined. So there wasn't enough evidence to really do an autopsy. Because, I mean, when you're in the water, you have fish and they're going to eat at you. And it would stay quiet in Baraboo until July 29th. All right. Of 1995. Mm-hmm. So, on July 29th, 1995, which is a almost a year later. Yeah, a year and a month later almost at that point. Mm-hmm. 13-year-old Thaddeus Phillips, but I believe people called him Thad, right? Yep. Was sound asleep in his bareboo home when something woke him up. I was outside and I was being carried, Phillips recalled. I believe, never mind. I'm just okay, ignore what I'm saying. Okay, just that. ignore what I'm saying. <laughs> but I didn't say it in like a. They don't know he's alive yet. Term. Sorry, I'll cut the. Just kind of copy and paste. Okay. I was going to say, I believe Thad was the one who was babysitting his sister. I don't think so. No? I think it was... He was the one who got hit on the head, and then he was outside being carried. No, he didn't. That was... That was Chris that was babysitting his sister. Okay. Never mind. Okay. I was outside and I was being carried, Thad recalled. Thad had been kidnapped from his home. I've never met him before in my life, he added. Oh, wait, Sophie. You should, don't read it like... Um, oh, don't read it like a story. It, Sorry. Yeah, kind of like read it, but like, kind of put it into words, because... I gotcha. Redo. Redo. I heard what you said, and then I just didn't do it. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Thad all of a sudden realized he was outside and being carried. So he was kidnapped from his home after he was woken up in his sleep. 
he did not notice who this guy was or never met this person before in his entire life. And he learned that his kidnapper, 17-year-old Joseph Clark, had an odd obsession. So Thad was pushed back onto a bed. He grabbed my... He grabbed his ankles and twisted it, and it, they broke. So he broke his ankles, so he couldn't walk. And that was just the beginning. Thad said that... Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm messing this up. <laughs> This is so hard because I just want to read it. I'm like, don't read it. <laughs> um, okay, I, I can just restart that sentence here. Okay. You're doing great, sweetie. We're having brain parts tonight. It's just that night. Yeah, okay. But that was just the beginning. Clark, or Joseph Clark, I guess, broke both his legs, his hips, and his shins. Like, what? So first he cracks his ankles, and then breaks his legs and his hips. Like, it takes a lot of force to break a hip. Mm-hmm. A lot. He... So he could not walk or move. He, his whole, like, bottom half of him was shattered. That has to be extremely painful. Yeah. It's... I just, like... Oh, people. I will never understand people. Yeah. Um, and... So this Joseph Clark person must have been, because like, not like a serial killer, but like some people have like weird, weird like fascinations. Yeah. So he must have had some kind of fascination with breaking bones, which is disgusting and awful. It has to be like the sound or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would never. Disgusting. Actually terrible but yeah so that is what Thad endured after being kidnapped from his own bed so after more than 48 hours of torture officials received a 911 call from a home on County Road U the person on the line said help someone kidnapped me and Thad stated he still remembers making that call. So, um, to kind of go back on what Sophie just said, he, uh, Clark had locked him in his bedroom closet. So he had put up like a barrier around the closet, locked yeah. him in there. We couldn't without... leave. No, he couldn't. So he had to figure out a way to escape. And I think when he went to school that morning, um, he had all day to figure out how to get that door open. So he did enough jiggling and moving around where he was able to finally bust down the door and, like, somehow get out. 
with broken legs, broken hips, broken ankles, broken shins, everything broken in his lower half. And he was still able to get the phone. I... That has to be... 13 13 years old. That is insane to me. Like... So, um... This is kind of like a little fun fact, but he said the exact way that he escaped out of the closet was by digging around in there and finding a old electric wooden guitar that he smashed through the door, was able to unlock it, and he threw himself down the stairs because he couldn't walk. So he had to drag himself out of the closet, down the stairs, and finally found the phone. Goodness. And, like... Mind you, Joseph Clark is also a teenager. So he's living in his parents' house. He did all of this in his parents' house. He's 17, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still a teenager. That is insane. So after that, yeah, after that 911 call, they obviously rescued Dad, and Clark was arrested that night. Thankfully. Thank the Lordy. So, while being held at his home, Clark's home, he had told Dad a couple things that he probably shouldn't have. Clark um, told him about other victims and other people that he had on his list that he was going to do this to. Um, And Thad remembers saying that when he was rescued, there was only one name that stuck out to him that he remembered. And that was the name of Chris Steiner. Wow. So, if you guys remember from earlier, Chris Steiner was the 14-year-old that had gone missing from his bedroom and found dead uh, six days later in the Wisconsin River. Um, after Thad had told police this, they reopened Steiner's case and, um, they were able to tag it along with a first degree murder charge, but we will get that, get into that in a little bit. Uh, and Okay. Um, let me retry that. Okay. So, kind of going back, um, the case. So kind of going back, um, Thad was set to trust, uh, testify at Clark's trial, and he ended up, the trial ended up getting delayed because this poor guy, listen to what happened to them, a 15-year-old shot Phillips, Thad, I mean, twice in the back. So this poor what? man just had his lower half shattered and then twice in the back. 
to delay the trial, probably. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of Clark's friends or somebody that he told to do that so he wouldn't talk. Yep. And, okay, so this is the the part where it gets messy. So they try to go to trial, and the police, so trying to, like, when they were looking for evidence against Clark, they searched his room, and in this in his room, they found a written-out list of his victims and potential victims, and it's like, first of all, you literally wrote their names down. Yeah. And he, his list was titled, Cannot Wait. And then he had another, he had uh, written a category um, where it says, get to now. So people he had to do, like, right away. Yeah. Um, He disturbingly singled out other people, and he called them the leg thing. So he knew what he was going to do to each person. Oh, my gosh. Um, And... He wrote this all out, so there's this, like, he literally confessed it on a piece of paper in his room. It's his, it's in his handwriting. He never really confessed, but, um, he was sentenced to life in prison for first degree intentional homicide and, um, murder one. And then he... Thad remembers him saying he enjoys the sound of breaking bones. So, if you're wondering where he is at, he is serving a 100-year life sentence for his crimes in a Wisconsin prison. And I'm guessing it is in Portage because that is a maximum security prison. That's true. Um... Now to get to the messy part of this case, the mother. And I know moms love their sons, okay? I'm not going to tell you anything wrong. Yeah, because I was saying, didn't the parents realize what was going on? Oh, yeah, they knew. They just said that... This is the part that I just personally don't believe. The mom said that she never heard anything. Her son would never do that. Why there was a boy in her house with broken legs, she doesn't know, but her son never did that. He would scream from having a broken bone, let alone every bone in his lower half broken. First of all, they found him in your house calling the phone from 911 with absolutely... His legs were shattered, and then your son confessed on a piece of paper. How do you just keep denying it? But to this day, she said her son is innocent. It's like, no, sweetie, you need to let it go. Open your eyes and, like, look what happened. What, yeah, what kind of monster he is, because that is not normal. Yeah. Wow, that is insane. I did not know that about the mother. The mom was the worst part, I guess, to work with, just because she just kept denying that her son had anything to do in it, do with it. Yeah. Goodness. It's so sad to hear cases like that sometimes because it's like, look, I know you love your kid and all, but you need to realize that they did this wrong and they took that responsibility when they committed the crime. Yeah. And 
I know, like, 17-year-olds, you know what you're doing. Like, you know you it's right or wrong to kill somebody. You're yeah. you, legally an adult or not. I don't care. Yeah, I. you kind of know exactly, like, your brain is not fully developed yet, but also you know what's right and what's wrong for that type of thing. Enough where you should know not to kill somebody. Yeah, or break their bones. Yep. That's horrible. But um, I believe Thad did make it, even though he was shot, right? Yep, he is still alive. He, I believe he lives in the Baraboo area still. Um, yeah. And he still talks about a story and how he survived. Mm-hmm. Which I think is absolutely, I think that is pretty badass, if you ask me. Because yeah. he I must have a lot of PTSD, though. Uh-huh. It's just hor- horrible to go through. Well, shout out to Thad. Yes. Thanks, Thank Thad. you so much. You're the survivor. And so I hope you guys like this case. I just can't believe, you know, Wisconsin, you don't think of having craziness going on. But, like, this is a crazy case. And it really didn't happen too long ago, you know? Like in 1994 or 5. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. ago. Probably 20 years ago. Yeah. 20-ish, 20, 20, 30-ish years ago. Holy crap, that was like 30 years ago. Right? Almost 30 years ago. It's around 27, 28. I don't know, guys. We're trying to do math in our head, and I don't (laughs) know. Yeah. However, we do have a special announcement for your listeners. We do. So... We are coming up to our 40th episode in the next couple weeks. And we are going to do a little giveaway for our 40th episode. We're excited. It is going to be, drumroll please. <laughs> Trying to do a drumroll. Smacking my, uh, that's not really working. Smack my desk. Didn't kind of sounded like a baby drum, but, um. <laughs> Is gonna be a T-shirt. Oh, whoop, whoop. It's gonna be official survived merch. Yep. And you're gonna be the only one to own it because we don't even own one yet. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be so cool. Um, we're excited, and so how we're gonna do it is we'll probably post something either on Facebook or Instagram. We're both. A week before our 40th episode, so the week of our 39th episode that comes out. And you guys will just have to probably like, make sure you're following us, and tag somebody in the post. And the more tags you do, the more entries you get. And whoever does the most entries wins the prize. Boop, boop. Yes. It's a cute shirt, so... Heck, I might want to win it myself. I know. I might tag some people. Who knows? 
But yes, please tell everybody, tell your peeps about this, your homies. Um, and we'll get, we'll remind you every week if we remember. Yeah, we'll try and remind you guys. Um, and then we will announce the winner on our 40th episode because right now we're on episode 37. So we still have a couple weeks. Um, so we'll get that sent, uh, set up pretty quickly here. Yes. But. Exciting. We're so excited. We just can't hide it. <laughs> Did you like that? Yes, I okay. love it. Okay, thanks. I've been working on my auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it, Lexi. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyways. And also, I don't know if we've gotten any brand new listeners here, even like this week, but our Instagram and is our Facebook the same? I know our Instagram is survived underscore with underscore Sophie underscore and underscore Lexi. Yes. Long one. Yep. Just start searching survived with Sophie and Lexi and something should pop up. Yeah. (laughs) Literally that's what it's under. So yeah, I don't know. Hopefully don't get lost, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, this has been survived with Sophie and Lexi. <laughs> we made it work. We did. <laughs> Anyways, Sorry. goodbye, guys. Have a good weekend. See you next week. Bye.